Why did Google Gemini's bad week not have all bad news? NVIDIA crushes, but can it keep crushing? America went to the moon for the first time in decades, but what long-term impact will be felt? Welcome back to the Weekly Money Clip. In a market with millions of podcasts, it is tough to stay on top of the essential business and tech stories beyond headlines. This week, we will be counting down five key moments from last week to give you context for the week ahead. As always, clips are under five minutes, from voices you trust, adding context to headlines from the week behind to prepare you for the week ahead. Before we jump in, let's review the week's top headlines. This week had positive and negative developments. On the positive side, global stock markets rallied as investors reacted positively to encouraging economic data. In tech, major companies continued to report strong earnings, with several surpassing expectations and driving market optimism. Companies including Apple, Alphabet, and Microsoft posted robust quarterly results, highlighting resilient consumer demand and the ongoing importance of technology in driving economic growth. However, inflationary concerns persist, with prices continuing to rise across various sectors, including energy, food, and housing. This has led to renewed fears of interest rate hikes by central banks to curb inflation, which could potentially dampen economic growth and bring headwinds to the stock market. Also, the ongoing semiconductor shortage continues to impact the automotive and electronics sectors, while logistical challenges and labor shortages hinder global trade and production. Overall, while positive economic indicators and corporate earnings buoyed investor sentiment, challenges such as inflation, geopolitical tensions, and supply chain disruptions remain key areas of concern, shaping the economic landscape in the week ahead. This week, we welcome Simpson Garfinkel, Michael Lee, Scott Stantis, Fred Bauer, and Jennifer Horn. So let's dive right in. At number five in our countdown, we begin with Simpson Garfinkel from CenterClip on Gemini's bad, but not entirely bad, week. Simpson is a science journalist who has published hundreds of articles in newspapers and magazines and 17 books. Research interests broadly include data science ethics, digital forensics, personal information management, counterintelligence, and counterterrorism. He is currently chief scientist, Basis Tech LLC. Here, he discusses Google's recent technology struggles with its Gemini Generative AI system. The system's attempts to promote racial and gender diversity backfired as it provided images of non-Caucasian individuals and females, but failed to deliver images of Caucasian men and European Caucasian popes and other leaders. This resulted in outrage and highlighted the challenges of creating accurate and respectful AI systems. While Google faced setbacks this week, researchers in AI alignment and safety saw a positive impact. These events underscored the complexity of ensuring AI systems remain on track and provide useful, inclusive, and accurate information. It was a tough week for Google, but a beneficial one for AI researchers working on alignment and safety. Here is Simpson's segment on the story. Hi, this is Simpson Garfinkel talking about technology for CenterClip. The big technology loser this week was Google and its attempts to have alignment in the Gemini generative AI system. For those of you who got a chance to see it or play with it earlier this week, you could ask Gemini to give you photos of people, photorealistic 
generations of people. And it would very happily generate people who were not white. It would very happily generate people who were female. It would very happily generate all kinds of racially diverse groups of people, but it would not generate white men. In some cases, if you asked it to show, for example, a picture of the current pope, you would get that. But if you asked for pictures of popes, they would all be female or black or Asian, but not the northern, you know, the European white popes that we have come to expect from the Catholic Church. And so the the real question there is, uh, what was going on? And uh, Google had uh, attempted to assure racial diversity and gender diversity in its generative AI platform. And the problem is that some of the things in the world are just not very diverse. And um, understanding that, that there's a difference between aspirational views of the world and realistic portrayals of how the world is, that's one of the real challenges of doing generative AI in a manner that is correct but not offensive. And in attempting to be not offensive, Google went very far in a a direction that turned out to be not only not correct, but also quite offensive to many people. So this week, the the big loser is uh, Google and its Gemini generative AI system. And, And I would say that the winner are people who are doing research in the field of um, AI alignment and AI safety, because this shows just how difficult a problem this is and why it's a serious problem of academic concern. A lot of companies want to deploy generative AI systems, even if it's simply a customer service rep that's a computer uh, providing accurate responses to human beings that are asking reasonable questions. And we want to make sure that the AI systems don't go off the rails. We want to make sure that they provide information that is both factually correct and not offensive. And right now they have to do this without having a user model of knowing what is offensive to the particular human being that they are interacting with. And one of the the challenges I think we're going to discover is that when you try to have content that is offensive to no one, the content becomes less useful. And we already have some existence proofs that when you try to have content that is aligned with any kind of objective or subjective uh, goal, like uh, aligned so that it's less offensive or aligned so it's diverse or aligned so it's inclusive, that tends to make the results less accurate among some other measures. So it's a challenging problem. It's been a good week for people doing AI alignment and AI safety, and it's been a bad week for Google trying to push out its uh, generative AI in the Gemini system, which is why when I asked it to draw a photo of President Biden, Gemini responded, I can't create an image yet, so I'm not able to help you with that. It's sort of like Hal saying that it can't open the pod bay doors. Have a great weekend. This is Simpson Garfinkel for Center Club. We now continue the countdown with number four. We join Michael Lee, the founder of Michael Lee Strategy and Markets and Economics Commentator. NVIDIA is dominating the market with consistent success, boasting a phenomenal 15-week upswing in the stock market and a 20% increase. The recent earnings report was groundbreaking, 
especially in the realm of artificial intelligence and enterprise technology. Generating an impressive $22 billion in revenue in the last quarter alone, NVIDIA's growth is unprecedented, reflected in their $1.8 trillion valuation. The company's GPUs are driving this growth, witnessing a significant spike quarter over quarter. With expectations of over $100 billion in revenue and exponential growth rates, NVIDIA is set to continue its upward trajectory. Stay tuned for more insights from Michael Lee at michaelonthemarket.com. Here's what Michael had to say, and afterwards, we'll be back in a moment with another view on the AI market. This is Michael Lee from Michael Lee Strategy for CenterClip. NVIDIA delivers where it counts. So the stock market has been up for 15 straight weeks, up well over 20%, a substantial rally. And normally at this point in a historical basis, you're due for a pullback, in some cases as much as 10%. It does not look like that's going to happen on the back of earnings from NVIDIA, which was probably one of the most significant earnings reports in the last several decades. Uh, and, and why is this? It all It's all about artificial intelligence. And the way that I like to look at it is the corporation or what they refer to as enterprise technology spend or investments on artificial intelligence. And so NVIDIA this quarter did $22 billion in revenue. In all of 2022, they did $27 billion in revenue. So the growth from this company has been substantial and the stock price uh, has gone along with it. It's now a $1.8 trillion company, very, very substantial, part of the Magnificent Seven. And I would go as far as to say the stock is pretty cheap because they're going to do over $100 billion in revenue. They have 77% gross margins, over 50% net margins, just things that are basically unheard of on growth on a size and scale we've never seen. And the massive question mark about NVIDIA is how would growth go and look like into 2025? Well, they seem to signal there's no signs of slowing. And their GPUs or graphic processing units, which are massive chip data centers that process large amounts of data in you know fractions of a second, their main selling point, you, you need this computing power for artificial intelligence. Well, that business was up 38% quarter over quarter. So most of Wall Street, most of the number crunchers, the spreadsheet kings, if you will, they tend to usually miss exponential growth. And that's what we're seeing with AI. And everything we know about AI is for exponential growth. And so the argument from them was that this sort of growth is going to level off to 10 or 15%, which still, considering the size and the scale, is, is, is good, but it's nothing like what it's actually going to be. It's going to be 30, 40, 50% in the next year. So if NVIDIA grows their earnings 30% next year, which is a conservative estimate, we're only trading at about 18, 19 times 2025 earnings, which is not right in line with the entire S&P 500. So this stock, if you look on Yahoo Finance, it shows like a hundred price to earnings multiple. It's wrong. It just, it, you know, the earnings are growing so fast and they're so, they're coming in so far ahead of the street estimates that your typical online quote machine is not going to give you an accurate reflection of what the price to earnings multiple is. So NVIDIA just absolutely blew the doors off. They raised guidance next quarter. I'm sure they will beat the guidance that they raised to, which are already frothy numbers. So the stock's up 100 bucks on the open, hitting all-time new highs. And what do they say about stocks that make new highs? 
they usually typically make more new highs. I'm Michael Lee from Michael Lee Strategy. You can read my newsletter. You can sign up for it there where I get really in-depth on a lot of this and a lot of other names at MikeLeeOnTheMarket.com. Again, MikeLeeOnTheMarket.com. This is Mike Lee for Center Clip. Cheers. Welcome back to number three in our weekly countdown with another opinion in reaction to NVIDIA's huge earnings report. Scott Stantis is an internationally syndicated editorial cartoonist, senior fellow at the Alabama Policy Institute, and co-host of DMZ America podcast. Here, he addresses the recent surge in earnings for NVIDIA and other AI companies. With a growing trend in tech stocks, particularly in AI technology, the debate over whether this growth is sustainable or leading to a bubble intensifies. Stantis shares a mix of fascination and concern for the technology. While Wall Street expert Mark Chaikin warns of a potential bubble, Stantis sees it as a minor one that won't lead to a major economic crisis. This is contrast to Michael Lee's overall bullish sentiment. He emphasizes the importance of AI in various sectors and predicts continued profitability in the future. For more real-time content from Stantis during the week, visit centerclip.com. Here is the clip from Scott. Hello, I'm editorial cartoonist Scott Stantis, for money clip. Well, NVIDIA and other AI earnings went through the bloody roof this week, and this continues a trend across tech stocks, especially those immersed in AI technologies. Now, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is this a bubble or not? AI is a thing. AI I've talked about in my comic strip, I've talked about in my uh, podcast with Ted Rawl, DMZ America. I've talked about it on radio. AI is fascinating. It's both terrifying and mesmerizing. And we can talk about, should it be regulated? That's another time for another conversation. The question here is, is this an AI bubble? And it seems to me it may be a small one. Now, we have uh, people like Mark uh, Chaikin, who's a Wall Street expert, and really uh, uh, you see him on all of uh, CNBC and all of the other Mad Money's uh, show and all of the, all over the media. He's saying this uh, that he's looking at these stocks and saying Chaikin stepping forward with a new warning focused on the red hot AI frenzy taking the U.S. stock market by storm. This quote is when people get hurt. Chaikin has traded through nine bear markets. If you're holding NVIDIA or FANG right now, it's time to prepare for a massive shift. Our markets tend to run on emotions. It's weird, everything. Even our the American politics are run on emotion now. There really isn't a lot of rationality. So when the voice of rationality does step forward, you need to listen to it. This is in my view, a quasi-bubble. Is it going to like, you know, collapse and destroy the economy and drive us into a depression? It is not. AI is a phenomenal asset to business, a phenomenal asset to work in any of the technological fields. Those who want to regulate it, those who want to control it, the problem is AI is in everything now. It truly is, and it truly is marvelous. And in my view, going forward, it's going to be a moneymaker because, well, it makes money. So I'm going to have to disagree somewhat with Mr. Chaikin. 
Mr. Chaikin and his you know, uh, contrarian view of these stocks, they're not going to continue to go through the stratosphere. That's nuts. And the numbers are crazy. So there will be a correction and we will see some semblance of you know, intelligence retake that market. But don't underestimate AI stocks and don't underestimate AI economy going forward. For Money Clip, I'm Scott Stannis. At number two this week, we address the moon landing and what it means for America. We have two opinions for you this week, with the first coming from Fred Bauer. Fred is a policy analyst and political commentator. He has been seen on National Review, City Journal, and Unheard. In this piece on space exploration, Fred states the space program is essential for society and government broadening human comprehension, and promoting exploration. He points out it has led to technological advancements and national security improvements. The space program became crucial during the Cold War, showcasing the contrast between free market democracies and the Soviet empire. Government efforts can lead to significant achievements, highlighting the importance of freedom. Despite underfunding, rising interest in space exploration is promising. Private sector investment in space exploration, like SpaceX, is significant. A comprehensive approach involving both government and private sector efforts is needed. Space exploration is inspiring and demonstrates human achievement. Here is Fred's full audio op-ed on the importance of space exploration in our culture. Hi, Fred Bauer here, and the topic of the day is space exploration. I can't think of a topic that is better designed to bring out the 12-year-old boy in me. Uh, I like some science fiction stuff, but I'm just like a huge space fan. Um, I think it's incredibly important for us to do as a society and as, as a government. I think it serves um, an important civilizational purpose. I think one of the great achievements of the space program is to expand the range of human understanding and um, human exploration. And I think it there are all sorts of like knockoff benefits from the space program in terms of like technological innovations, in terms of, of national security. Um, but overall, I just think it's a really important task. I think there's a reason why in the Cold War era, the space program became viewed as so essential, right? It was viewed as a way of contrasting the, the free market economies with the Soviet empire and showed how much actually the sort of free market democracies could accomplish. Um, and they could accomplish it with government efforts too, that it was not just, um, you know, government was not just about leaving you alone, but was also about achieving these great things and showing um, the importance of um, a free society for accomplishing those things. So I, I'm, I'm a big space guy. I think it's we've sort of fallen away from the space program. I tend to think in many ways the space program is underfunded. Um, so it's, I'm, it's, I'm glad to see that we're having more interest in it. And I think there's more um, potentially, you know, more funding that could be available for it. And I will say one of the great accomplishments, I think, of the 21st century is, of course, the growing interest in private uh, space efforts, whether it's SpaceX or something else. And I think those are really important tasks, too. I mean, I do tend to think that space should be, you know, an all-of-the-above approach, both can what government efforts do, but also what the private market can do, too, because um, I think it's a great and sort of wonderful thing. It's something I know a lot of young people find inspiring. And I think they rightly find it inspiring because it's a really a great testament both to human accomplishment and human wonder. So I guess if I could reduce this to just one sentence, it would be like, yeah, go space. This is Fred Bauer for Center Clip. 
To round out our countdown this week, Jennifer Horn joins the money clip to also comment on the United States moon landing. She is the host of Is It Just Me or Have We All Lost Our Minds? She has been seen on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, CNN Max, USA Today, and News Nation. Despite the decades since the last lunar touchdown, the excitement remains palpable, Jennifer says. This unmanned spacecraft carried crucial payloads for both NASA and private industry. The benefits of space exploration are vast, touching everything from technology and healthcare to climate science. The potential for new discoveries is boundless, offering insights into our planet, solar system, and the universe. As we push the boundaries of knowledge, the impact on future generations could be profound. These recent events have reignited a global interest in space exploration, showcasing the endless possibilities that lie beyond our world. Echoing much of Fred Bauer's observations and commenting on the full reaches of space exploration for various markets, this is what Jennifer had to say. Hi, this is Jennifer Horn, the host of Is It Just Me or Have We All Lost Our Minds? Coming to you today on Center Clip. What a wild day as we witness the moon landing once again. How crazy is it to hear people using that phrase, moon landing, when it's been over 50 years since the last time um, there has been a landing on the moon. Um, and of course, this is an unmanned spacecraft that landed today. It has payloads both for NASA and for private industry. And I think it's incredibly exciting. Um, I have always been fascinated by space exploration and a great supporter of the United States and the government as well as private industry, industry remaining engaged in this effort. We have learned so much from our time in space, our efforts in space, from the very first to the very last. It is so encouraging to see that we are once again engaged in this manner. And I think that one of the one of the things that, one of the reasons perhaps that people don't always feel like it, it's worth the time or the effort or the cost to go to space is that a lot of people just don't realize how much of our lives are in some way rooted in or impacted by something that began from knowledge gained in space. Almost the entirety of telecommunications and satellite comes from our, our, it has, you know, started or comes from what we've learned in space. Healthcare, health cures, health treatments, health technology. So much of that has come from our efforts in space. Um, climate, so much that we know about climate, not just climate change, but also climate change. How weather works, how it is, you know, how it forms, how it travels, how it impacts us, where it comes from, where it goes. Um, and climate change as well. That is so important. Um, you know, we go on and on about the, the list is, is so long uh, about the benefits that we have gotten from our efforts in space exploration. And now we have this, this new um, craft that is up there gaining more knowledge, new information. Who knows where it will lead us? Our understanding of our own planet, our understanding of the solar system and how it interacts and how it impacts life on our own planet. And then our understanding of the universe. Oh my God, just think about how 
far we have been able to see as we seek the beginning of time. It's such an extraordinary concept. Most of us can't even wrap our minds around it. But watching our country re-engage, continue to engage uh, in this platform, the knowledge that we will be able to get as we continue, it's, it's beyond our guess. It's beyond our wildest guess what we might learn and where it might lead and how it will impact the world and the technology. You, you know, just again, the, the healthcare, the cures, the, the, all, all the positive that can come out of this and how that will impact the world our grandchildren grow up in, uh, the knowledge and science and, and information that it will bring to them. You know, my, my parents used to say knowledge for the sake of knowledge is so valuable. And they're right. And, you know, the famous, the famous saying from the first time man stepped on the moon, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And it truly was a giant leap for mankind. And we will continue to experience these giant leaps and giant leaps in, in knowledge and technology and information as long as we continue to engage in the exploration of what is out there. I think today was a very exciting day for people around the world. We'll have to hold it there. Please remember this episode presents the personal opinions of these individuals and should not be viewed as investment advice. Thank you to Simpson Garfinkel, Michael Lee, Scott Stannis, Fred Bauer, and Jennifer Horn. For their work and more in real time, please visit centerclip.com. One topic at a time, leaders on both sides, always under five minutes. That is elevating discourse. Again, centerclip.com for more throughout the week. We'll be back next week. This has been the Weekly Money Clip. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.